Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set they found it. It's like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, wait, what is this Feast of Tabernacles thing? Let us hear that again. Guys, don't feel bad. Well, you know, we Gentiles lost it. The Jews lost it for a long time. I want you to look at this. Nehemiah 8 and 13. Now, on the second day, the heads of the father's houses of all the people with the priests and Levites were gathered to Ezra, the scribe, in order to understand the words of the law. Look at this, 14. And they found, (laughs) look at that, written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booths, as it is written. Then the people went out. It's like, let's do it now. (laughs) Then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house or in their courtyards or the courtyards of the house of God and in the open square of the water gate and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day, the children of Israel had not done so. And there was a very great gladness. Also day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law, and they kept the feast seven days. They found it. What is this? That looks exciting. Let's go do it. So they run off, and they grab all the stuff they needed. They built booze, and they sat in it. It's like, man, this is cool. And the first time I ever did this, I thought it was cool too. When I was in Israel, the first time I discovered it, and they were, we were in this guy's front yard building a sukkah. I didn't even know what to call it. And we're building the sukkah, and they decorated it, and they even hung a disco ball in it. We went to the Home Depot of Israel, and there was a little sukkah, little sukkah shop set up beside it. It's like I called it Sukkah Mart, and they kind of laughed. I said, hey, we going to Sukkah Mart, and you, everything you want to buy to build a sukkah is right there. It's the one-stop shop for sukkah. I called it Sukkah Mart. So we loaded up the truck with sukkah stuff. We went back and we built that sukkah, and I was just beside myself. What is this? <laughs> I had to literally go to Israel to find out what this is. And But what a treasure for the people to find this great celebration that was given to them by the Lord as a way to celebrate their liberation from oppression. And this time, not just to celebrate it from Egypt, but here in, the, uh, in Ezra's time, They were liberated from Babylon. Now we're going to dwell again to remind that the Lord got us out of Egypt too. Friends, if if you are saved by Jesus Christ, he pulled you out of your oppression. He wants you to celebrate and remind you all of this right now is temporary, very temporary. He's taking you somewhere better. 
So no wonder they were so quick to go find all the fruit, branches, and, and everything, because it gave them a way to express and celebrate their deliverance. That's why I build a sukkah every year. Because for those of you who have never experienced this, I want to give you the way God had prescribed for you, a way for you to express your gladness that the Lord God has saved you from your oppression. So friends, we've been delivered from our sin by Messiah Jesus. We should celebrate it. Now I want to show you how the Jews still held onto the Feast of Tabernacles well into the time of the gospel accounts as we're going to see written in Mark chapter 9. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he didn't know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. Centuries had passed since Elijah and Moses' time, and all of a sudden, he's on a mountain talking with them. He kind of, his mind kind of fried, okay? He flipped out, and he didn't know what to do. Not only that, but Jesus' appearance changed into how Jesus is going to look when he returns to earth to establish his kingdom here. He didn't look like the way he did when he was walking with them. He changed into a future glimpse of what he's going to be like when he comes back. Moses and Elijah are here talking. I mean, guys, this is undeniable, absolute proof that Jesus is the Messiah. And so Peter, he was so overtaken by what he saw. I mean, it'd be kind of be like if I suddenly bumped into Abraham Lincoln, one of my great heroes of American history. Peter just saw his heroes of Israelite history, and he didn't know what to do. Now, I love Peter because Peter's just like me. He flips and freaks out a lot, and I do too. That's why I like Peter so much. <laughs> but what was Peter's knee-jerk reaction? He didn't know what to say. He said, whoa, whoa, Moses and Elijah, Jesus, what happened to you, man? What did he do? The first thing he wanted to do was build three sukkahs. One for Jesus, one for Moses and Elijah. But why? Because Peter mistakenly thought that the final kingdom of Christ had come. He thought it was all done and over with. Jesus had arrived and this was the end of everything as the world knew it. He thought it was all done. What Peter thought he was looking at when he saw Jesus change in Moses and Elijah, what he thought he was looking at, he thought he was seeing the fulfillment of Zechariah 14, 16, which talks about when the Messiah's worldwide reign, uh, reign is finally going to be established here on earth. Let me show it to you. Zechariah fourteen sixteen, And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Bam, in your face. I love this. I want you to notice that this is a future that has yet to happen. Now, this particular passage, it's not just talking about Jews keeping it. I want you to notice what it says. It's talking about all the Gentile nations, all those non-Israelite armies, 
Gentile armies, they came to fight against Jerusalem at the Battle of Armageddon. All these armies are going to be destroyed. They're going to be wiped out, a lot of blood everywhere. It's going to come up to a horse's bridle. And there will be some survivors, though. And it says those that are left, they will come to believe in Messiah Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And then what does it say they're going to do? Every year, they're going to go and keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Guys, it's going to take some people to go through an Armageddon to get this. You can get it right now. Some guys are going to have to go through blood and guts, watch entire armies, a bunch of their friends get totally wiped out and gone before they get this. See how big this is? Were you expecting this big a thing when you came in here? Boy, this just blew up, didn't it? It got big. So, guys, this is why Peter wanted to set up the three tabernacles, because he thought that Jesus came to get rid of the Roman political oppression of his day. He thought that the Romans were the nations that came against Israel, that they were going to be gone now. So he wanted to jump into the fulfillment of Zechariah 14.6. He thought this was Zechariah 14.6. Jesus is here. He's going to get rid of these Roman guys. Guys, this 14.6 has yet to happen for us to see. This is going to be a lot bigger than what Peter was thinking about. What Peter failed to understand at this point is that Jesus had yet to go and die for the sins of the world on the cross. Peter kind of jumped the gun. He thought, bam, this is it. Let's build some sukkahs. Let's get it going right now. Let's party. He had a knee-jerk reaction to go straight into the Feast of Tabernacles. He thought the Lord's final kingdom had come to bail them out of Roman oppression. So he thought it was time to celebrate. But how interesting it is to know that even Gentile survivors of the Armageddon battle, even they are going to go up to Jerusalem every year to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So guys, this, is, this isn't Jews here. This is Gentiles. And this is going to be a lot of Gentiles that are going to go keep the feast. Can you imagine going to Israel every year to keep the Feast of Tabernacles? I went that first year in 2014 just to find out what it was. So one thing we try to do in this church is we try to keep the Jewish root understandable here, observable. We try to keep what God has said. Oh, that looks very Jewish, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Well, we're the stranger. We are the foreigner. We're the Gentiles. This, this wasn't directly for us. It was for the Jew first and then the Gentile. But thank God he includes us, right? One thing we do in this church, we're going to teach how we should be looking for the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, and to find the Messiah in order to find Yeshua HaMashiach. That's Hebrew for Messiah, Jesus. In order to find him, this requires us to rediscover our identity with God. We have to rediscover things that we lost. The Israelites forgot it. We're going to keep it in your face here in this church. We're going to rediscover our identity with God, just like the Jews did when Ezra read the word of God to them. And so I hope from this story that you have rediscovered some of your identity with the Lord God, things that he wants to do with you, how he wants to illustrate his tabernacling with you. Ever since I discovered the Feast of Tabernacles, especially since I found out it was biblical, every year I have kept it. Because when I sinned, I lost my complete total identity with God. In sin, I lost every bit of my connection to God that there ever was. I fell into slavery 
I was oppressed. But just like how God sent a deliverer through Moses to pull the Israelites out of Egypt, God sent a deliverer through Jesus Christ to pull me out of sin. And now I want to celebrate it. And how do you celebrate it? Through the Feast of Tabernacles. Wow. So the Lord God tabernacles with me. Ephesians 1.13, having believed, you're marked with the seal, the Holy Spirit, who is the promise, the guarantee of our inheritance. He gives you this indwelling of the Holy Spirit who indwells temporary us. And we get to see that picture when we sit in a tabernacle. He's in my inner man. This is the feast to express your joy and celebrate the fact that the Lord God tabernacles with us in our inner man, indwelling. So I want to ask you Gentiles a question. Do you think we should keep the Feast of Tabernacles? It's the big holiday that God gave us to celebrate our salvation. And so God commanded the Feast of Tabernacles to be celebrated while the Israelites were still lost in the desert for 40 years. Understand that even though they were out in the desert, they were headed toward the promised land, but they weren't there yet. They were kind of in that in between place. They were still in bondage somewhat. They were delivered from bondage, but they weren't home. They were taken out of Egypt, but they weren't home yet. They were in the in-between area. But even during that 40 years, the Lord dwelled with his people. He never left them. Friends, those of us who have given our life to Jesus, we're still journeying through the wilderness of this world. We're not home yet to our promised land in heaven, But we have been delivered from our sin if you've given your life to Jesus. You're kind of in that in-between place. But friends, the Lord will never leave us. The Lord dwells with us. He tabernacles among us as we live in these flesh bodies, which are temporary dwellings. This body you're looking at right here, this ain't me. You can't really see me. I'm in this somewhere in here is the real me. What you're looking at is something, if you cut it, it bleeds. You could, you know, it's just a flesh thing you're looking at. I'm inside this temporary dwelling with the Holy Spirit. Now, I hope to be in a sukkah tent, a very temporary sukkah tent, and sit in there with you. You can get the picture of how the Holy Spirit dwells with us. When you, when you have fellowship with somebody, we're in the sukkah together, we're talking, we're having a good time, we're talking about the Lord. That's what's going on in here. That's why we do this, and that's why I'm going to start working on the sukkah when I get home so y'all can come and experience this. We need to recognize that our present lives on earth is all temporary. It's not going to last. Don't invest too heavily down here. Don't throw all your emotion and all your thoughts and all your energy in what's down here because it ain't going to last long. It's temporary. Now, for some of you today, might be the same for you right now, just like it was in Ezra's time. You're just now discovering something wonderful that had gotten lost in your faith. It's like when I first discovered this uh, Sukkot thing, I'm like, I had no clue about this. Maybe that's you today. I didn't know this. Well, thank God you're finding out today. I say rediscover your place with God, that he sees you as one of his own, that he will provide for you even while we wander in this crazy wilderness down here before he takes us home. I want you to know 
that we can celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles by saying, I have been delivered from my sin. I belong to Messiah Jesus, whose name means God with us, dwelling, tabernacling with us. In fact, Jesus himself, he said something during the Feast of Tabernacles. I want to show you, Jesus. when the Feast of Tabernacles was on, Jesus went. Okay, if Jesus goes, I'm going, all right? He said this in John 7, 37. It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, what feast do you think this is? It's the Feast of Tabernacles. On that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus said this during the Feast of Tabernacles. If Jesus went, I'm going. But these rivers of water flowing out, that's a picture of the indwelling Holy Spirit. He doesn't just get in you and just stay in there. He gets in you and this flows out. So what you should do is you should, you should splatter people with the Holy Spirit. You just sling him all over everybody. Get everybody wet. Okay? <laughs> so check this out. Jesus spoke out loud. He made the announcement of the indwelling Holy Spirit during the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is a celebration of your salvation and God walking with you. How fitting, how the timing, he chose that feast to do it. And the ultimate fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles is when Jesus comes back to dwell with us, putting his kingdom from and his throne on Mount Zion in Israel to dwell with us here. Guys, is that not worth celebrating? Jesus is coming back. He's going to rule. Can we not get excited about that? Oh, if you turn on the TV and the news, hey, Jesus is coming back. Let's get excited about that. (laughs) That's great. So how many of you have never known about Sukkot before, but now you want it? Who wants it? I want it. I want the Feast of Tabernacles. You know, I I was with Dove Schwartz in Israel. And we were dining under that big area that they made to look like a sukkah. And this Jewish man walked by. He goes, oh, I see you're eating under the sukkah. And Dove, who was Jewish, and I'm the Gentile side of the fence, he, Dove looks at him. He goes, hey, come on under here and dine with us. And you know what this Jewish man in Jerusalem, a Jewish man in Israel, you know, here's what he said. He hung his head. He goes, I don't deserve to sit under the sukkah. And Dove said, but I know somebody who made it where we can. And he goes, I think I know who you're talking about. And Dove said, come sit with us. We're talking about Yeshua HaMashiach, Messiah Jesus. This Jewish man who said, I have no right to sit under the sukkah. He walked in under the sukkah and he sat down with us. And Dove gave him the gospel. But this man was struggling with a sin, something he had done wrong. You remember in the, the Olympics in the 70s when those um, hostages got killed? It made the news. It was real big. He was in the military, in the, Israel, in the Israeli military, and he passed some information that got communicated wrong some kind of way. And because of that, the miscommunication triggered the slaughter. And he was bearing the, their deaths. On, him, on his shoulders all those years. And he told us about it. You could just see 
the weight on his face that he was bearing this huge international all over the news thing that happened that killed a lot of people that he said he was to blame. We told him the gospel message under the sukkah, and he was just about there. And he says, well, I like that, 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 that I could be saved, but how can I trust it? How, how do I know it's going to stay? And so I stepped up. The, the Gentile that felt like he had no right, I'm in Israel in Jerusalem under a sukkah, this very, gen, this very Jewish-looking thing. The Gentile here spoke up, and I showed him the verse that says, For all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. A promise. And he goes, now that I like. And this Jewish man who had been bearing a weight for decades, almost that he couldn't breathe, I don't deserve to come under the sukkah. This Jewish man in Israel gave his life to Messiah Jesus because a Jew and a Gentile gave him the gospel message of his Jewish Messiah under the sukkah. <laughs> One of the most amazing times of my visits to Israel was right there. It was amazing. So like I said, this week I'm making a sukkah. But I want you to come and sit with me in the sukkah. I want you to come sit with some of us and dine and have fellowship and have a good time and talk and communicate because that's what the Holy Spirit does with you. He indwells you. He wants to talk. He wants to hang out. I want you to come and experience this temporary tent Experience it for yourself and understand that the Holy Spirit indwells in us as we are in these temporary dwellings here on earth. Very temporary. Matter of fact, we were putting up a sukkah one time. Me and Hank were putting it up. And we had the sides on it and had leafy stuff on top. And this heavy wind came. And me and Hank were in there holding it down. Because we're thinking, we're going to lose this thing. So we were grabbing a corner and we were hanging on. And it was trying to take it away. We're holding it down. You remember that, Hank? It was, just, it was shaking it, and we were like, I hope this stops soon. You know, we were trying to hang, hold it down. Friends, the Holy Spirit who indwells you, when trials come, he will hold you in place because he's in there. He's hanging on to things. He's keeping it together. I just had one of the greatest Holy Spirit experiences in my life in that sukkah with Hank, holding on to that thing while it's trying to get ripped away from us. The Holy Spirit will get in there, and he'll, hang, he'll hold you together. So this Saturday, I want to give you a chance to dwell in an actual sukkah during Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Bible tells us to do it. And by the way, the word feast means to eat. If it's eaten, I'm all over it. We're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus came to save a temporary, flimsy, easy to blow over me. I'm easy to knock over. And you know you are too. But that's okay. I'm a sinner saved by grace of Messiah, Jesus, my Lord. And that is worth celebrating. Most churches have forgotten this holiday. They've either, either forgotten or they're avoiding it. We're going to celebrate it. I'm teaching it. We're going to talk about it as we look for Messiah Jesus to come again. And so I say to you, Hag Sameach, happy holiday. And I look forward to seeing you in the sukkah. Amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.